RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Former education sector lawmaker Ipkin Yun says he's astonished that guidelines given to schools on teaching children about the national security law were done without any public consultation. Lawmakers debate the value of setting up a railways department as a way of ending problems with MTR projects and police seize ketamine worth nearly half a billion Hong Kong dollars. Former education sector lawmaker Ip Kin Yun says he's astonished that guidelines imposed on schools about the national security law were done without consulting the public. Under the guidelines, students as young as six will be taught about national security and school management will be required to stamp out behaviour that violates the law. Mr Ip is a vice president of the Professional Teachers Union. It lacks consultation. I'm astonished that the document covers such a vast scope. So it actually reaches the very details of every subject. It also touched on you know, how the school should be managed. Many of these contents are actually closely related to the daily activities of the teachers. And the teachers should have a say. And also they should be able to you know, have the chance to ask questions or to you know, speak out their opinions on that. The Education Secretary, Kevin Young, says schools who fail to act on or report on obvious breaches of the national security law on campuses will not be able to fulfil their duties under new guidelines the government has laid down on national security education. He added that he doesn't think the guidelines jeopardise the students' freedom of speech. He was asked if the teachers can choose materials that are critical of the law in developing their curriculum. It, it depends on what materials it is. I, I could not say the, what materials, just open it. But I, I say we will be providing a lot of factual information about uh, national security law. And I, I think they can always make reference to the material that we provide. Lawmakers have questioned if the proposed railways department can tackle problems that plagued the MTR Corporation in recent years. Two projects, the high-speed rail and the Shantin to Central Link, were hit by repeated delays, budget blowouts and construction scandals. At a LegCo Railway subcommittee meeting, Luck Chong Hong from the Federation of Trade Unions said problems with the MTRC stemmed from it being a monopoly. Regina Yip from the New People's Party agreed, saying the decision to have a railways department should be left to the next term of government. I don't think a new department, I think just adding more staff at senior level would resolve the management problems. I think the fundamental problem is the MTRC is a monopoly. During its merger with the KCRC, the government gave it a 50-year franchise to construct any extension to the MTR and even to construct any railway. So without any competition, it is difficult to assess whether the construction costs are reasonable. The Secretary for Transport, Frank Chan, said the proposed department was the most cost-effective. He said its supervision of projects would be comprehensive from the planning stage to the operation of new lines. A group representing around 1,200 overseas-trained doctors says a licensing exam is the most fair and objective way to assess candidates who want to practice here. Dr Marcus Marset, president of the Medical Licentiate Society, was commenting on a government proposal to accept licensed graduates from comparable overseas medical schools who are permanent Hong Kong residents to work in public hospitals here for five years before becoming fully registered. He said such criteria was subjective. By studying for the exam, it actually prepares you to be a doctor in Hong Kong itself, in this environment, because you're having to learn a lot of the disease process that come up here 
and also things like what number to call for emergencies and, and a lot of the protocols that are specific here to Hong Kong. The president of the Public Doctors Association also disagreed with removing the licensing exams. Police have seized the biggest haul of ketamine on record with a street value of nearly $440 million. A 23-year-old man was arrested and will appear in Fanling Court tomorrow for drug trafficking. Police say the suspect was apprehended when leaving a flat in Yunlong on Wednesday where part of the 682 kilograms of drugs were seized. The rest was found at a warehouse in Kwai Chung, stored in pasta boxes. The Narcotics Bureau Chief Superintendent Lam Man Han says it appears the drugs came from Pakistan, which is a new source. A police van has burst into flames near the Eastern Harbour Tunnel, causing serious traffic jams in the Lam Tin area. The vehicle was travelling near the Lei Mun Road roundabout at about 11 this morning when it suddenly caught fire. The blaze was later put out by firefighters. The Transport Department says all lanes on Lei Mun Road are closed until further notice and Kowloon-bound lanes for the Eastern Harbour Crossing are being closed intermittently. More than 2,200 residents at buildings in Mongkok and Yaomate have been tested overnight in the government's latest lockdowns, which ended between 6 and 7 o'clock this morning. One preliminary COVID-19 case was found in Yaomate, while three close contacts in Mongkok were sent to a quarantine centre. Authorities expect to announce around 30 new cases today, including a housewife in Goodview Garden in Tun Mun, which was locked down on Wednesday night. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen has suggested the government lock down all construction sites in Hong Kong for 12 hours for mandatory testing and conduct weekly tests for workers after that. Lawmakers at a LegCo Health Services panel meeting expressed concern about outbreaks at different sites, especially a cluster at the airport's third runway construction site that involves 22 cases so far. Mr Teen says mandating testing at construction sites is better than letting the infections be brought back to the community and locking down residential blocks afterwards. What is the problem with construction sites stopping work for 12 hours? I'm not talking about 12 days. I'm not talking about three days. What is 12 hours? So should we wait until each construction site having a case, then we go and clamp down? What's the point? The price to pay is not high. What is 12 hours? At best, it's just one day. But if they do that, and they do that regularly on a weekly basis, at least I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Otherwise, all the old neighborhood will continue to be closed every now and then due to all these cross-infection. Health Minister Sophia Chan says authorities will look into his proposal. She also promised to give a concrete reason every time authorities lock down buildings or areas. The Customs Department has urged people to be vigilant when buying fresh fruits for Chinese New Year after seizing 196 boxes of counterfeit Tasmanian cherries. Officers went to a fruit stall in Yaomatai yesterday following a tip-off and seized about $80,000 worth of Tasmanian cherries. Senior Inspector Chu Pol Ting from the Customs and Excise Department said they were able to distinguish the real cherries from the counterfeit ones by comparing the packaging of the fake to the real brand, adding that the product code on the boxes of the counterfeit cherries were identical. He also said the counterfeit cherries were being sold for $300 to $450 whilst the original cherries sell for $400 to $600. 
With the Lunar New Year around the corner, customs will continue to set up inspections and enforcement to combat the sales of counterfeit goods and fast counterfeit food items before and during the holiday. Customs appeals to consumers to purchase at shops with a good reputation and to check with the trademark owners or their authorized agencies if authenticities of the products is in doubt. A 41-year-old woman was arrested and officers are looking into the source of the cherries. Turning overseas, Donald Trump says he won't testify at his Senate impeachment trial next week. His lawyers described the proceedings as unconstitutional and said he would not voluntarily give evidence. Democrats accused the former president of inciting insurrection over the attack on the Capitol building by his supporters last month. Here's the BBC's Lebo Di Secco. Jamie Raskin, the congressman heading the team of impeachment managers who will act as prosecutors, said that it was necessary because the former president had denied factual allegations set forth in the article of impeachment. But within hours of receiving the request, a Trump adviser responded that the president would not testify in what he called an unconstitutional proceeding. The question now is whether Democrats will try to subpoena the former president. The U.S. House of Representatives has voted to strip a Republican congresswoman of her committee assignments over her support for conspiracy theories. Marjorie Taylor Greene had backed the QAnon movement that claimed Donald Trump was battling satanic paedophiles. Here's the BBC's Anthony Zerka. The Democrats had been pretty outspoken in their condemnations uh, of Green. Uh, earlier votes, procedural votes today, uh, indicated the Democrats were sticking together. I think that because of what happened in Capitol Hill on January 6th with the insurrection, I think that her comments uh, and, and likes on social media threatening Democratic politicians, I think that really hit home with them. And they felt like they had to do something if the House Republicans didn't police their own, essentially, and discipline her themselves. And they didn't. President Biden says America will rebuild its neglected alliances and re-engage with the world in his first major foreign policy speech as president. Mr Biden said it was necessary to engage America's adversaries diplomatically, pointing to the extension this week of a nuclear arms control treaty with Russia. But he also said Russia should expect a much more robust interaction. Earlier, his national security adviser, Jake Sullivan, said the new administration intended to make Russia pay for actions such as hacking computer systems and meddling in U.S. elections. That includes interfering in America's democracy. It includes the poisoning of citizens on European soil with chemical weapons and many other things as well. We will do that at a time and in a manner of our choosing. And we believe that imposing those costs and consequences will have an effect on Russia's behavior going forward. In his first major foreign policy speech, President Biden said his administration would step up efforts to end the war in Yemen, including stopping U.S. support for Saudi-led operations. He said the conflict had created a humanitarian and strategic catastrophe. This war has to end. And to underscore our commitment... We are ending all American support for offensive operations in the war in Yemen, including relevant arms sales. At the same time, Saudi Arabia faces missile attacks, UAV strikes, and other threats from Iranian-supplied forces in multiple countries. We're going to continue to support and help Saudi Arabia defend its sovereignty and its territorial integrity and its people. A Saudi-led coalition has waged war on Houthi rebels in Yemen on behalf of the Yemeni government since 2015. The Houthis have welcomed Mr Biden's announcement. 
Shares of mainland video sharing platform Kuaishou Technology have soared over 190% on its debut in Hong Kong. The stock touched a high of $345 in early trading. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. Chelsea's revival in the English Premier League continues as they climb to sixth in the table after winning the London Derby 1-0 at Tottenham. Italian international Jorginho scored from the penalty spot in the first half. Manager Thomas Tuchel has picked up points in each of his first three games in charge of Chelsea. It's not about my methods implemented. I'm happy with the attitude and I'm happy with the, with the squad. I'm happy with the potential. I'm happy with the attitude of the guys. They're very fine guys. It's a very nice group, um, uh, very open guys, and uh, it's a pleasure to be around them. And uh, uh, we got a lot of support in, in the whole club and uh, in the staff. And, and from there, it was, was, was a quick start, like you said, but an easy start. We feel very welcome, and uh, it's a pleasure to come to work every day and to, to, to be part of, of Chelsea family. While Chelsea's pursuit of the Champions League places was given a lift, Spurs are slipping away from the top four in a disappointing second season in charge for Jose Mourinho. We can go, we can analyze the game from the first to the last minute, of course. From the first two minutes, 45, the game has one story, from 45 to 90 has a different story. But if you want to be pragmatic, the story of the game is one penalty, one goal, one zero. In Spain, Athletic Bilbao are through to the semi-finals of the Copa del Rey. Raul Garcia scored in at a time to send their quarter-final match against Real Betis to an extra frame. Bilbao went on to win 4-1 on penalties. Rugby Union's Six Nations Championship returns tomorrow with defending champions England taking on old rivals Scotland in the Calcutta Cup at Twickenham. The fixture marks the 150th anniversary of the team's first meeting. Scotland haven't won at Twickenham since 1983. Head coach Gregor Townsend hopes his side can take advantage of an empty stadium this weekend. What we do know is it's an opportunity. It becomes more of a neutral venue, uh, but you've got to make sure you play rugby, not, not wait for any, any crowd, lack of crowd noise to help you. On the ice, Jason Spezza recorded his eighth career NHL hat-trick as the Toronto Maple Leafs blasted the Vancouver Canucks 7-3. Spezza's triple was his first since 2016. The Leafs topped the North Division by a point over the Montreal Canadiens, who lost 3-2 to the last-place Ottawa Senators. Ottawa snapped a nine-game losing streak. In New York, the Rangers beat the Washington Capitals 4-2 with Ryan Strom scoring twice. Washington's Alex Ovechkin picked up his 709th NHL goal. That puts him past Mike Gartner for seventh on the all-time list. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. I like some sweeteners. You prefer a little spiciness. He wants to strike a balance. Someone thinks allocating resources as needed is most important. To cook to your taste, the most important thing is to know what's on your mind. The 2021-22 budget public consultation has started. Go to budget.gov.hk and share your views. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. 
All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated. So 
Good afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. Friday, the fifth of February is today's date. One more day and then it's the weekend. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew, and we do have a busy show for you today. As today is the day we bring back the Agenda Cafe, where we discuss 